Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. This is where we get to, to some Jesus. And I just really wanted to preach about Jesus this morning. And um, so, so that's what we're going to be doing. If you have your Bibles, Luke. We're in Luke chapter 1. And I want to I just make a quick announcement. Um, on Wednesday nights, we are having an awesome time in our apologetics class. Um, I mean, the, the, the conversations, they get deep. I mean, it's, it's a really good discussion. We're, we're kind of going through a, um, a couple of, like, I guess, a, a module, you can call it, where we're talking about the morality of God right now. And it's some, some pretty heavy stuff that we're talking about. Um, but, man, I've, there's been, a, honestly, there's been a lot of testimonies of people saying, man, I, this class is really helping them. And, and um, that's, I, I just, I believe that apologetics is incredibly important. Um, especially in our day and age where everyone is questioning everything, and that includes our, our God. Um, so if you're not doing anything Wednesday nights, you're, you're invited. You're invited, 730. Amen. All right, are we at Luke chapter 1, 41 through 52? We're going to read a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask for your undivided attention this morning. It says this. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became 12... They went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents weren't aware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard them were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? When they're looking for you on Sunday mornings, you tell them, hey, I'm in church. Don't you know? I got somewhere to be Sunday mornings. Verse 50. But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with him and came to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Amen. I've entitled today's message on assignment. Someone say that with me on assignment. Yes, on assignment. You know, as I was reading through this passage, I was I was thinking about this 12 year old Jesus. And all the wisdom that he was consumed with, I mean, all of this knowledge and his hunger for, for learning. And, and, and even though he was a son of God, like he, he was teachable. He was okay with asking questions and, and, and learning, right? He was not proud at all. And I was just thinking about the 12-year-old Jesus, and I started to compare him to the 12-year-olds today. And you can kind of imagine where that kind of took me, you know, Fortnite and uh, I don't know what else they into, fidget spinners, I don't know. I don't know what else it is, but, uh, and just to be fair to 12 year olds, if there's any 12 year olds in here, I'll just, I'll tell you about me when I was 12 years old, when I was 12 year old, I, I wasn't concerned with any of these things that Jesus was concerned with. I didn't care about having wisdom. I didn't care about learning anything. I didn't want to go to school when I was 12 years old. The year was, I think it was like 2001, 2002. So I can tell you exactly what was going on in my mind at that day. Um, sync was what I was consumed with sync when their next album was going to drop, right? I was concerned with friends every Thursday night, wanting to know what was going to happen with Rachel and Ross. I was definitely concerned with like any type of 
like, like cream to reduce my, my acne on my face. Proactive. It was, it was proactive. Uh, maybe, maybe some girls here and there in my class. And the only thing that I guess was of any uh, importance was that's when I started to play uh, the keyboard. Everything else that I was concerning myself with was garbage. And so I, I started comparing myself when I was 12 to the 12 year old Jesus. And I just, I didn't stack up very, very good. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, what about when I was 18 years old? Because when you're 18, you're supposed to have a better head on your shoulders, right? You, you kind of have an idea of what your future is going to be like. Um, so, you know, you should probably be a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser. Um, but you know, I, I was thinking about it. So many people, so many 18 year olds these days, um, they don't really know what they want, right? They, they go to college and they, they drop out or they change their major like they change their socks. And, and it's like you don't really know what you want. The only thing that I was concern, uh, consumed with at 18 was being grown. I thought I knew it all. I remember the day I turned 18, I woke up like I was a new creation. Like, man, this, like under the law of the United States of America, I don't have to be subjected to, to what my parents want for me. Like, I could do whatever I want. I don't have to... <laughs> uh, Zach, Lazarus, my God, I was going to call you Malachi. Lazarus up there raising his hand in glory. He just turned 18. <laughs> You're probably wiser than I was when I was 18. But when I was 18, I was like, man, I don't have to ask for permission anymore. I can get home as late as I want. Um, that, that's, that was all that consumed me when I was 18. Yet my mom still made me breakfast every morning. She made my bed every, every, every night. And, and so even 18-year-old Ryan didn't stack up well to, to Jesus. And now I'm 29. I turned 29 last, last week. And um, I kind of started doing the same thing kind of comparing myself to the 12-year-old Jesus. And not much has changed for me since, you know, I was 12. Like, I still get home at the end of the day. Now it's not school. Now it's work. I still watch TV at the end of the day. Now it's not friends. Now it's like, this is us. Maybe a little bit of Shark Tank or something. Um, I've got this book on my nightstand that I've been reading for like a year. Um, you know, there, there's not much else. And, and um, so I, I was wondering, what, what, what was it about this 12-year-old Jesus, this little boy who people probably were annoyed with when they saw him. They paid no mind to him. They didn't take him seriously because he was just a kid. What was it that ignited this motivation in Jesus, this hunger for knowledge and this thirst for wisdom and, and how he was wanting to, to just know as much as he could? What was it about Jesus? I'll tell you what it was. It was that Jesus was on an assignment. He was on an assignment. And I think the key concern for many Christians today is that we go through our lives without ever realizing that we have an assignment. You have an assignment, church. I don't know if you know that, but you have a God-given assignment. We're not just here taking up space. We're not just here passing the time. We're not even just here, you know, just to, to have fun. We are here on an assignment. I want you to think about it. The very first thing that God told the first man to walk the face of this planet was an assignment. He gave him an assignment. Genesis. It was Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to cultivate it and to keep it. After that, we get to Noah after the fall of man. And God gave Noah an assignment. Build an ark. We're going to start over. He told Abram, leave your country to a land that I will show you because I'm going to begin to form my people. He told Moses, go into Egypt and bring my people out of captivity. And then we can, I can keep going, man. We can get to the New Testament and the angel Gabriel tells uh, uh, Zechariah um, and John the Baptist to prepare the way 
prepare the way for, uh, for the coming Messiah, Jesus. Uh, Jesus told the, the disciples, go and make disciples of all nations and, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God works through assignment, church. We can see it all over scripture. And so why would we ever think that we don't have an assignment ourselves? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where who your parents were. You have an assignment. You were born, you were formed in your mother's womb. God knew you by name even before your parents knew you by name. And he gave you an assignment. Now, the thing about Jesus, Jesus was a very special case because, you know, he was 12. Most of us, we go through our entire lives. Some of us don't even discover what that assignment is. And and for those of us who, who might, we don't find it to an older age when we're an adult, when we can think, you know, we can make things happen. Jesus is 12 He's got no job. He's got no money. He's got no connections. He's got no resources. But yet he's stepping in to his assignment. What's our excuse? What's our excuse? Oh, it's because I, I don't have the money yet. I got this job that I'm tied down to. I got this relationship that I'm having a hard time getting out of. What's, what's our excuse? Jesus had nothing, and yet he was stepping in to his assignment. I'm going to preach today whether I get the amens or not. Verse, verse 43 says that as they were returning, after spending the full number of days there, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem. I just, just so I know that you're with me, say stay behind. Stay behind. We don't, that's kind of derogatory. Like, we don't want to stay behind. We, we, want, to move, we want to move forward. Stay behind. You know, I, I, as I was thinking about this, I, I could recall, you know, I've been on several mission trips, and I've... I've uh, spoken to a lot of missionaries, and one question that I like to ask every missionary that I talk to is, what, what is it about this specific place that you chose to, to do your missionary work uh, in? Why, why did you choose that place? And the response is always the same across the board. I, I, the, the missionary in India, I asked her this question, and she said one summer um, her church went to India for a mission trip, and they spent about two weeks there, one, one or two weeks you know, getting to know the community and, and, and working and building relationships. And then after the trip, they came back on, they came back home on a plane. And she says, even though we came back, my heart stayed in India. My heart stayed behind. So in a very real sense, she never really came back home. She, she remained in India. And now she's, she's a missionary in India because she knew that there was, a, there was an assignment there. There was, there was a calling there. So I couldn't come back. I had to stay behind. And so Jesus, is, he's with his family, and he's at this feast of Passover for the whole week. And, you know, when I, when I, read, when I read these things, I just, I, I like, I have an imagination. So I like, to want, I, I like to think about what was going through the mind of, of, of young Jesus, because you got to realize this is the son of God. And so he's going through um, this very... Jewish festival, right? And he's walking and, and I just wondering, I'm wondering what's going through his mind as he's seeing everything as it relates to the old covenant, but he's the walking new covenant. And I, I bet that, that his father, Joseph brings a, a little lamb to be sacrificed because that's what they do at these festivals. And he's probably thinking if these people only knew that I was a real true lamb of God, how would they respond I'm the ultimate sacrifice. Like, there's really no need for this. So I just wonder what was going through Jesus' mind at this time. And after eight days, the family returns, but Jesus chooses to stay behind. Now, why did he choose to stay behind? 
It wasn't because he was rebellious. He wasn't going through a phase. It wasn't because he didn't want to be with mommy and daddy anymore. He thought he was grown. It wasn't, you know, that's how some 12-year-olds these days are. That's how I was. But Jesus has an assignment. And, and Jesus knows that back in Nazareth, you're not going to get the same level of education that you would in Jerusalem. He knows that the best of the best are here. This is where the synagogues are. This is, this is where Jesus can ask his questions among the scribes and the Jewish leaders and, and, and get to you know, learning. This is a place where Jesus can flourish and grow. He really takes his assignment seriously. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like if you want to be a movie star, but you, like, you live in like Galena Park or something. You're not going to make anything happen in Galena Park. Like you got you to gotta get out of there. You got you to gotta move. You got to leave. You got to leave some things behind. As much as you love GP, I know we got some GP, you know, uh, hood rats in here. <laughs> but you got to leave it behind. If that's, if that's what your assignment is, you've got to be prepared to leave GP in the past. Leave it behind. It's kind of like if you want to grow spiritually. Naturally, what do you got to do? You got to hang out with, you got to surround yourself with people that are spiritual, people that can pour into your life, people that are going to, you know, speak truth and positivity into your life. You got to leave behind some of those naysayers, some of those haters. You got to leave them behind. The ones that offer nothing to your spirit, the ones that are telling you, you're going to go to church on Sunday? Come on, let's go, let's, let's do brunch. You got to leave those people behind. It's kind of, it's kind of like, and this is fun, I can go all day with this. It's kind of like, you have dreams and you have goals and you have ambitions, but every day goes by and you're nowhere near achieving those dreams. Maybe it's because you got to leave behind some of that laziness. Maybe you got to leave behind some of that, some of that lack of, of motivation and that fear that's crippling you. Maybe you got to leave behind some of those people that are like, really, you're going to do that? Yeah, leave them behind. Leave them behind. Whatever isn't going to move you forward into your assignment, we've got to be willing to give up. Sometimes we got to look behind us. And make a call. Is this worth staying behind for? If I stay behind, is it going to delay me getting to my assignment? If I stay behind, is it going to divert me from my assignment? Am I going to have to take on a lesser task because I chose this over what God wanted for my life? Sometimes you're going to have to leave behind some things, some people, to get to your assignment. Jesus told the disciples, get up, follow me. Leave behind everything that you got. I'm your assignment now. You're going to learn from me. You're going to grow with me. You're going to take notes. You're going to see everything that I do. You're going to watch the miracles. You're going to walk on water. You're going to be surrounded by me. Because one day I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have an even greater assignment because you're going to have to go out and make more disciples. But it all starts right here with this decision. Are you going to leave this behind or not? Sometimes those are the hardest decisions. We have, to, we have to weigh the costs. Do I want to fulfill my assignment that God has placed in my life? Or, or do I want to just satisfy my own desires? It's easy to preach. It's a lot harder to live. I'll say that. Let's keep going. The Bible says after three days, they finally find Jesus. After three days. You know, when we read through scripture, we often miss like the drama that that was really happening, right? Because, you know, the Bible, it's a pretty long, I mean, 66 books, it's pretty long. That They can't really add a lot of fluff in there. Especially Luke. Luke is a, he's a historian, so he just states facts. He doesn't tell a story, he just states facts. 
But you know there's a story here. You know there's, there's drama here. Mary's probably freaking out. She had one job, be the mother to the Messiah, and she loses the Messiah. <laughs> you have one job. And, and, and she's probably, you know, she and Joseph are probably going at it. I thought he was with you. No, I, I was with the guys in the caravan. I thought, you know, I left him with you. You know, we don't really hear much about Joseph after this. I'm convinced Mary, she might have killed him. I don't know. You know how some women are crazy, man. And she was so mad. She lost Jesus. She lost the son of God. She had one job. She thought she wasn't worthy in the first place. And now she's proven herself not to be worthy. And she's probably thinking the worst, like any, any parent would, any mother would. She's probably thinking, man, he's probably got kidnapped. He's, he's scrounging for food. He, maybe he got hit by, by a donkey or something. Or he's sleeping under a bridge. Like he's, you know, homeless people are, are, are surrounding him. And she's probably thinking the worst. And they finally find him. And the Bible says that those who were looking for him, they were astonished. Why were they astonished? I think they were astonished because when they found him, Jesus wasn't in the condition that they had expected to find him in. He didn't come running to Mary in this like very emotional, intense reunion, right? He wasn't sleeping under a bridge. He wasn't scrounging for food. He wasn't wearing rags. He wasn't all dirty. He was in a classroom learning from the Jewish teachers, taking notes, asking questions, putting his input, raising his hands, not even concerned with what he left behind. All nonchalant about the whole thing. And Mary gets in the room and and she's probably thinking, oh man, when we get home, Y'all know what I'm talking about. When we get home, there's going to be hell to pay. And she asks him, why have you done this? Why have you put us through this? We've been worried sick about you. We were thinking the worst. We thought you were, you know, scrounging for food. We thought you were sleeping under a bridge. Why did you do this, son? And then Jesus responds. And I don't think that we realize the profoundness of of what Jesus said. Because it's the very first time that Jesus refers himself as a son of God in the scriptures. And that self-proclaimed statement, that self-proclaimed position that Jesus said about him was the very reason that he got crucified 20 years later. Because he said that he was the son of God. He was going around telling everyone that, that God was his father. And it gets him in trouble 20 years later. And here he is, 12 years old, knowing exactly who he is, knowing exactly where he's going. And he's just trying to get prepared because he knows that he's on an assignment and he's not going to waste any time because a lot of times we are, we're procrastinators. Amen. When we have an assignment, we wait till the last minute. I don't want to put, I don't want to put Kayla on blast here, (laughs) but I I just, it just came to mind. It's gotta be the Holy Spirit, right? Last last week we went out to eat. Uh, we went out to eat. And they they took us they took us out to eat for for my birthday. And and Kayla was like, you know, we, we had a long lunch. And she was like, okay, now what can we do? And Noah was like, sweetie, you have you have the boards to to prepare for. Like you gotta you gotta study. And she was like, eh, what else can we do? Right? What else can we get into? Right? <laughs> but she took the boards, and I know that she she did it. But Jesus is here and he's not wasting any time. He's 12 years old. He's not, he's not going out and playing Minecraft. He's not, you know, he's not playing with the fidget spinner. And he's not, you know, concerned with, with anything. He's, he's, he's setting himself in an environment 
that is going to lead him to where he gets to later in his life. And she asked him, why have you done this? Why have you put us through this? And after studying this passage, I, you know, I kind of started wondering about Mary. I started to second guess the Mary Did You Know song because on the one hand, you, you have the angel telling Mary everything that Jesus was going to become, but maybe she didn't understand the full extent to what that meant because she didn't understand. Look at verse 49 again. And he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? And verse 50 says, but they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And I want to just analyze this response, these two questions real quick. You're still with me, right? Okay. First question he asks is, why was it that you were looking for me? This is a legit question. I don't think that he was being smart. He wasn't being sarcastic. He was, he was like really trying to understand, why was it that you were looking for me? Did you think that I ran away? Did you think that I was being rebellious or that, that I didn't love you guys anymore? Like, what, Why were you looking for me? Your past, church, is always going to come back looking for you. Always. And the things that you chose to leave behind because you outgrew them are going to want you back. And I'm not just talking about sin here, okay? We don't got to be all super spiritual all the time. I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about things that, that don't take you into your assignment. One day... There's going to come a time where I step down as a pastor. And, and I hope it's not because you guys drive me crazy, right? I, I, I legit hope that it's because God is just taking me to a, to a new level, a new assignment. That's the only reason that I would want to leave. Because I don't want to downgrade. I want to go up in life. I want God to take me from glory to glory to glory to glory. You know, when you're at a, when you're at a job and, 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 and you're trying to pursue something better, what are they going to try to do? They're going to try to offer you a little bit more money. They're going to try to sweeten up the deal. Hey, here's an extra five grand a, a year, 10 grand a year. Hey, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you like an entire month off of work, whatever you want. But if you know that you have an assignment, you better not take that bait. When that woman calls you, when that man calls you, who you left behind because they were doing nothing for you, they weren't supporting you at all, and they call you back and they're like, I'm going to be better. Give me another chance. I started going to church. I started going to church, babe. God's doing something. Shut up. Until I see it. Until I see the fruit. He wants the tree. He wants the tree before the fruit. Why are you looking for me? What you left behind will always try to come back into your life. And if we let it, we might miss out on our assignment. So that was the first question that he asked. And the second one, this is where Jesus actually kind of clues him in into what his assignment is. He says, did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? I I, I came to do the father's will. So in order for me to do that, I need to submerge myself in the right environment. Someone say environment. Live in the right environment. I remember one time at in college, it was the first day of the semester. And I was really excited about this semester because it was the first it was the first semester that I had, you know, I had finished my basics. So now I could focus on on my degree plan. I can learn the things that I was wanting to learn, that I was interested in learning to take me into my to my future, my career. And and I, and I walk into the class and, and and I sit down, I find a spot, make a couple friends. You know, I, I get my my laptop out, Word document. Professor comes in and for 20 minutes, he's he's, you know, given an introduction He's uh, showing us on the, on the slide show, you know, his, his wife and his dog, you know, boring, boring stuff. That's what they do in college for like 20 minutes on the first day. 
And then he gets into the introduction of the class. And, and the title of the class was not the class that I thought I was in. I was in the wrong class. I was in the wrong environment. For 20 minutes, I was there, wasting my time. I was in the wrong, and if I had stayed there, it wouldn't have done nothing for me. Maybe, maybe everyone else, this, this is gonna, this is gonna catapult them into their assignment, into their future. But if I stay here, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get anywhere. You will never grow in the wrong environment, church. So you gotta surround yourself in the in the right one. You've gotta surround yourself with the people that you might wanna be later on in life. You gotta get those role models in your life. You gotta get those friends. You've got to surround yourself with people that you can learn from, people that are going to help you, you know, with your goals. And it might mean leaving some people behind. And that hurts because some of those people are your friends. But if they're not going to help you with your assignment, leave them behind. That's part of the sacrifice. The last verse, Jesus says, I'm going to have Will come up. Verse 50 says, but they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. So Jesus says, don't you know that I have to be in my father's house? Why were you looking for me? And they did not understand what he was saying. I want you to get this, church. This is, this is truth. I've experienced this. When you share your vision with people, when you share your dreams with people, when you tell people, hey, I, I want to go to college, I want to start a business, and their response is, why do you want to do that? College? Why do you want to go? We didn't go to college. You want to start a business? Don't you know that like nine out of ten businesses fail? Like just get a safe job. Why do you? Why do you want to do that? Leave those people behind, or at the very least, leave their opinions behind, because sometimes it's your mom, your dad. You don't want to leave them behind. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> leave leave their leave their opinions behind. Don't let it get to you. A couple months ago, we uh, we did a promo video. For the Go movement, actually, Jackie and, and Michael, they, they did it for us. And I want to thank Jackie and Michael because they, they do, you know, the, the Facebook Live stuff along with Brandon and Daniel. And one day, those, those eight viewers are going to turn into 8,000, all right? <laughs> and so they put together a, a video for us, and, and we put it on social media. We promoted it. It got some engagement, got some positive feedback. You know, there are, I don't mean to like toot my own horn here. This is, this is God, but there, there's, there's like 10,000 uh, people who, who like our Facebook page. All of them, well, not all of them, but most of them are from Tanzania. And, and I get emails all the time saying, thank you so much for, for, for doing this. Thank you for helping my, my country. We, we need it. And it's just stuff that, that makes you feel good. Positive reinforcement always makes you feel good and encourages you. But there was this one comment. There's always that one that kind of stands out louder than all the other ones. And his, he, he, he commented on the video and he said, why should I care about Tanzania? And I wanted to respond, why should I care about you, right? Like, why should, why should I get, I mean, I can, I can write a nice, nice statement on, on, on him. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this bother me. I'm just going to leave it behind. I'm going to leave his opinion behind because it wasn't constructive. It wasn't constructive. Sometimes people might raise concerns, but they're constructive. They're, they're to help you. That's, it's because they care. But this guy, he was just hating. And so I was like, you know what? He just doesn't understand what we're doing. Just like that verse says, but they did not understand 
the statement which he had made to them. They didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't, get, they didn't see it. And so you could share your dreams and your aspirations and you can tell people, man, this is my assignment. This is what I'm going to focus on day in, day out. And then they might be like, why are you going to do that? Why are you so committed to that? Why do you go to church every single Sunday? Why do you do that? You don't even have time for me anymore. You're always working on your business. You're always, you're always with your friends, your family. What, 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 I mean, what? It's because you don't understand. I've got a task. I've got an assignment. And it's God-given. And they're going to look for you and they're going to call you and they're going to text you and they might get angry with you. But you've got you've to know what your assignment is because even though that they can't see it, even though they, they're trying to assign a different assignment to you, even though they don't understand what you're doing, God is the one who's assigned it to you. He is the only one that matters. That's the only one that you've got to concern yourself with. No matter who you've got to leave behind, no matter who's looking for you, no matter who's calling you, you've got a God-given assignment. It doesn't matter what the noise is like. Step in to your assignment and leave behind. This is, a, this is a tough word, again, when we have to apply it. But we have to be prepared to leave behind anything that does not take us into our assignment because you have one. God formed you in the womb and God, God gave you a name and God, God gave you an assignment. He gave you a purpose. And there is nothing that's going to take that from me. There was no one who was going to take that from me. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.